Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast. And this is podcast episode number 35. And today we are joined by Divya Amarnani Noel. Did I say that right, Divya? Yes, you did. Yay! Good, 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 good. And <laughs> Divya is, um, is based in Grenada. So we're, con- we're speaking to Divya from Grenada. And today Divya is going to talk to us about growing up Indian in Grenada. And Divya is, well, I'll let Divya explain to us who she is and what she does and her business and, and everything like that. So Divya, firstly, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to have you on. I'm very excited about this conversation, as I told you before, because I really want to know what life was like for you growing up Indian in Grenada. <laughs> and yeah, so, so tell us firstly about your business, why you started your business and what you actually do from day to day. Okay, so um, from day to day, I work with my parents and we have a wholesale retail store in St. George's, which is the town of like the main town of Grenada. And um, yeah, wholesale retail department stores. So mostly like houseware items and that type of thing. And um, that's my full time job. Um, So my parents moved here from India in the late 70s. And so the business has been established since then. Um, So that's what I do every day. And what I do like as passion projects or like on the side is blogging and skincare consulting. And um, I used to practice makeup artistry as well. Um, And I've also gone to school for makeup artistry, uh, which was in Canada. So I lived and worked in Canada for three years. Okay. Um, I did my there was a nine-month course and then I worked at MAC Cosmetics for about a year and then I moved back to Grenada and for a couple years I was doing makeup artistry and kind of like lost the passion for it along the way Um, and that's something that um, a career that if you don't have passion for it you will not like doing it it's something that requires a lot of patience and it just got to a point for me where I just felt stagnant and I wasn't able to move forward. And it was kind of like doing the same thing over and over and it wasn't giving me anything really. So I kind of um, stopped. Um, I do have clients every now and again that will contact me and I will, you know, accommodate them because they've been clients for so many years or I will refer them to someone that I know is really good. Yeah, so most of the time I am working with my parents and then I am blogging as well. And I blog about many different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And your website is called AmarnaniXO for people who... Yes, AmarnaniXO.com. And Amarnani is my my maiden last name, Mm -hmm. um, which I now now use as my middle name. Right. Um, And Noel is, of course, my husband's. Last it's like I, I, it's like double what we call double barrel, right? Your surname and then yeah. your husband's surname. Okay, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which are, a lot of people like um, are doing that now. I think they're keeping their, you know, their parents' last names and using it as a middle name for identity purposes. It's, it's, it's very <laughs> much like. what the modern woman is doing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much. For yes. sure. For sure. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to hyphenate because right. that would like make it so long. Yeah. So, but I, you know, to keep your identity, I feel like it's important, especially um, because 
Uh, my husband is not Indian. So mm-hmm. I feel like if it was just Divian Noel, I kind of lost a piece of myself there. Sure, <laughs> so sure. I held on to it um, in my name. And like, um, yeah, and just for passing it on, I'll probably pass on the middle name as well. Yeah. If I ever. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Um, Go ahead. Yes. Yep. So a lot of my website is... Um, I talk a lot about skincare because I've been suffering with acne for the past couple of years. And I, I've, you know, I give um, advice on how to keep it under control and what products work, et cetera. And also give like regular skincare advice. Like if you don't have problematic skin, you know, how to keep skin clean and, you know, the usual routines. Yeah. Um, and I speak a lot also about my culture and growing up um, in my culture, which is Indian. Mm-hmm. in a small island in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it's so funny because I, many years ago, I, I have a Tumblr page I've had up forever. And I would always blog on Tumblr because I didn't have any followers that were from Grenada. And I kind of felt like I would offend people if I spoke about my experiences that I had growing up in Grenada. Mm-hmm. So I always kept it under wraps. Mm-hmm. But when I started my blog, there was just a day I just wrote about it and people were pretty shocked, mm. you know, for the things that I said that I experienced growing up and so many people were unaware um, that you could go through something like that if you belong to another culture in such a, you know, small island. And I started writing more about it and people became like more intrigued. And so I realized like that was actually a passion of mine, like speaking about how I grew up and, you know, the obstacles and everything that I faced and try to help people that are going through the same thing or went through the same thing mm-hmm. and see how they came out the other end basically like how it affected them sure. um growing up yeah and it's 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 interesting because people when you say you're from india i mean even india itself that's a big country with so many yeah. languages and cultures within yeah. so it's it's it even that in itself is complicated but um people do need to know that your parents are from india um on the feature on our website which everyone can read at secretbirdscaribbean.com you told us that yes. your parents are from chennai and delhi yeah. Chennai. That used to yes. be called something else, wasn't it? Called something. That else? was that was Madras. Madras and it was changed. Right. Yes. And that's that's right. Yeah. And it's Chennai, and and Delhi. So your parents were born yeah. and raised in India. So you are yes. uh, the first generation to be born outside of of your parents' country. Yes. So your yes. experiences yeah. are rather unique compared to those Indians whose ancestors came to the Caribbean in the 1800s as indentured yes. servants and laborers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's very important I, that people, people understand that we're talking about not the Indians who came, you know, to replace African enslaved labor, but Indians who are recent migrants, like we have the new yes. Chinese migrants in the Caribbean and so on. Yeah. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. And so um, I guess growing up, it was, um, I was, you know, I stood out from everyone that I was in school with. I remember I wasn't the only Indian in the school at the time. Like my brothers and my my brother and my cousins um, were also in school. And they experienced similar things, but to a lesser degree. And I guess because they were boys, they oh, yeah. probably didn't get picked on as much. 
Um, or they dealt they, with it differently because, you know, boys yeah. deal with bullying differently. You know, it's, yeah. it's more accepted for girls to kind of say, emotionally, I'm being bullied and talk yeah. about it. Whereas with boys, they're, they're taught to repress that kind of stuff, you know? So yeah. who knows? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I remember my brother telling me that he felt discriminated by the teachers sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in one class he would be, you know, felt discriminated. And in another class they would see him as, Oh, you know, he's from this culture. He's probably super smart. Because ah, yeah. that was stereotype. <laughs> yeah. So it was either. And then he would have that one teacher that would push him really hard because at the end of the day, like, you know, it's such a race, even to this day in primary school. So like, be the top school, be the, have the top performers. And so when they would get like an Indian in the class, they really push the student to, you know, make sure that's like their top performer. And even um, as I was telling you, I have a cousin that just finished primary school and she topped everything. Like she, she could sing, she can do everything except sports. We're really poor with sports. <laughs> and physical activities. Like yeah. every time we would have sports, every, everyone would come dead last we wouldn't even try because there's there's no point like even trying to compete in athletics and that's a general consensus you know when someone sees someone indian especially in school they're like you're either super smart or we're going to pick on you or you're really not good at at sports and like the stereotypes like you see yeah you know it's funny that you say that because i i really like i like jay shetty and he's from the uk yeah. i don't know if you're familiar with jay shetty and yeah. He said he he said that as well. Not about being bullied, but about being yeah. Asian. Or in the UK, Asian means South Asians. It's like a different kind yeah. of conversation. You know, it means Bangladeshi, Pakistani, Indian, yeah. Sri Lankan, what have you. And he's like, yeah. you know, that's what we're known for. We can be three things: doctors, lawyers, accountants, and anything outside yeah. of that is a loser. You know. And he said, you yeah. can't <laughs> be. He said, you can't be what you can't see. And he said, as Asians, we don't. We're not encouraged to do the athletics and the sports. So even if you love that kind of yeah. thing, you don't do it. So yeah. it's more about what the expectation is as opposed to what you can do. So if Indian yes. families are constantly putting a huge emphasis on academics, that's the expectation. Yeah. That's what you aspire to. And if they're not, yeah. like you said, you don't, you just don't do that. But it's, I think that stereotype and that kind of conversation happens in Indian diasporas around the world. I think it's just something yes. that, that that's discussed even yeah, though sure. the mean, West Indies cricket yeah. team got loads of Indians on it <laughs> you know yes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so it, it's very different um and a lot of those guys on the West Indies team those are the ones that came you know a long time ago their families were here like eons ago sure um so sure. they are so different from the Indians that are on the Indian team oh yeah so absolutely. you have that as well yeah i've always wondered what it's like when the west indians cricket cricket team goes to pakistan or goes to india or sri lanka yeah they stand next to each other and you see this indian guy from trinidad or guyana and this like pakistani you know urdu speaking man and whatnot like how do they interact with each other but i guess it's no different to you know when the team goes to you know whatever black teams african teams when they meet it's kind of like football or whatnot if the trinidadian football team it's it's just like yeah you know but i don't know you know i just think it's interesting because there's there's such a huge disconnect between the cultures but you look alike yes you know definitely yeah even when um you know the the indian team 
was hair, I believe. I can't remember. I don't really follow sports either. Right. But um, sometimes when, you know, cricket is going on, and because I don't follow sports, but, you know, towards the end when West Indies and India are playing, I'm kind of like, I'm going to win regardless of who wins this match because I kind of like, I'm West Indian, but I'm also Indian. So I feel like those are my two teams, you know? Whereas yeah. people here would be like, oh, West Indies, West Indies. And I'm like, I'm kind of like, well, either whoever wins, I'm still going to like put up a flag because yeah, I belong yeah. to like both sides. So one thing for sure, yeah. though, when you go to India or Nepal or Pakistan or anywhere in South Asia and you say you're West Indian, all of a sudden everybody's your friend. Because it's like, oh, yeah. West Indian cricket. And everybody That's wants to talk exactly. to you. And everybody exactly. gets excited. And I just think, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's even, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> even within our own family, like when, you know, people are like, like, oh, okay, where are you guys from? And we say West Indies or like family friends. They're always like, oh, wow, cricket. Like that's, we don't even say the Caribbean. Um, because people are just so used. They're like Caribbean, you know, What's people that? get confused. Yeah. We they're like oh we know where that is although yeah. they don't sometimes know where that is but but they, they know, know cricket all... yeah yes and cricket is religion yeah. in south asia so oh, they know. it really is yeah <laughs> so this so tell us for example what are some of the things that you experienced when you were in school like the things that you blogged about for example yeah so in school um i was bullied a lot and i had in my class like different you know colors of people we had like some darker skin we had lighter skin we had caucasian we it was a healthy mix so i never really understood why i was picked on so much and i remember Mm. you know many times like i was starving for friendship and acceptance so much that Mm. i would share my lunch and, you know, they would come around and they would like share lunch with me and talk to me at lunchtime. And then after that, they would just disappear. And I mm. knew they were just using me for lunchtime. And I would still do it every day because I was so like starved for friendship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But we're all just like, like that. We're all like that when we're young. We just want to be accepted, don't we? We don't, we don't know any yeah. better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, I got bullied a lot for the way that I look as well. Right. Mm. Was, yeah. there, was there the, you know, and for people who don't know this in the Caribbean, colorism is a big deal like it is in India and other oh, yeah. parts of the world with yeah. people of color. Did you experience that? Do you think there was a bit of colorism because you're quite fair and that kind of thing? I honestly wish I knew what it was. Like mm. to this day, I am baffled because yeah. <laughs> like you know, I had like there were a couple other Indians who were all like my family at that point in time, and I was just picked on so much. I I did not understand, and sure. you know, appearance-wise, it was like you know, growing up, I was super hairy, which mm. is like something you you know Indians talk about and complain about all the time, and like really butchy eyebrows, which are yeah. like all the rage at the moment. Everyone wants like really full eyebrows now, and. We had that naturally back yeah, in the day. Yeah, yeah. You were picked on for stuff like that. And like, you know, my hair was really dark. Like my the hair on my head was super dark. And like my mom would, you know, put coconut oil in my hair every now and again. And people would make fun of that. And it was just it was just torture. Like going through school was really difficult. 
yeah. to keep friends to I I think out of my entire class there were about 20 of us and only two people never bullied me everyone else did really at some point or the other yeah um even with teachers I remember a little bit of discrimination not too much that I that you know it bothered me or anything but like every now and again you'll you'll get something from them um I remember being sent home one time because they thought I had lice, which oh, I did dear. not. I oh, just, dear. yeah, I, I just always had like growing up, I always had like a dandruff issue, right. which is like beyond my control. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because of, you know, a dry scalp, you'll, you'll have flakes or whatever the case is. And they sent me home for lice. And my mother was like, what is this? You don't have <laughs> lice. And you yeah. know, like lice was something that people associated with, with Indians for some and reason. Being dirty and with being dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which made no sense to me because I, you know, I hate being dirty. Like I hated physical activity. I hated sports. I never wanted to sweat or anything. So I really didn't get, um, you know, what that whole dirty thing was about. But the lice thing, I remember that one very clearly. And my mom kept me home for two days just because. So she's like, you know, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so, so and, how, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, just, re- I remember just my mom having to come to school a lot <laughs> because there was always something or the other, some kid was accusing me of, or it, there was always something. And I was like very reserved in school. So my mom knew I wasn't like starting up anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that it was, you know, taxing on her as well. Although to this day, she never really knew the extent to which I was bullied. And when I talk about it now, she's like, why didn't you tell me? And I said, well, I don't know. I didn't even understand what it was myself Mm. growing up. So, yeah. So how did your parents, your mom, I I guess, deal with all of this? Um, So like I said, I, I didn't tell her a lot of the times because I just... didn't really understand I thought there was something wrong with me so Mm. I didn't like put a label on it as bullying I know what it is now I thought there was something wrong with me Mm. so I didn't tell her anything because I thought I would be wrong because I I am the one with the problem Mm -hmm. so I just kind of like silently dealt with it um and now I know it's bullying and you know even my little cousin that went through it because she went to the same school and she just finished and she went through the same thing, like being bullied for the way that she looks or, you know, people would tell her she's overweight or whatever the case is. And so I, at first I thought, okay, it was probably, it probably happened to me before and it's probably fine. Okay. Back in the day, there wasn't much diversity, you know, no internet, no representation of like, like someone that's Indian on TV, like cartoons, you wouldn't see anyone that looked like me. Mm-hmm. So people were always like put off by a parent's you know right. how we look right um and now it's so everything is so inclusive and there's like so many different races like being represented on like sesame street and what have you whatever the the shows are that they look at nowadays mm-hmm. um but it still happens because she has just finished primary school and she went through the same thing and i was like you know obviously there's a problem like i don't know what the problem is but it's not because i didn't experience it only because I was, you know, I went to school a long time ago, it's still happening. 
And so I just found, um, I didn't know if it was something with, you know, because we live in the Caribbean, I don't know if other people ever experienced this. And I, I started thinking, okay, maybe I should have a platform to represent mm -hmm. um, people who are living in the Caribbean Mm -hmm. who are of Indian heritage, whether it's like me, like first generation, or whether it's, you know, their great, great, great um, families came here a very long time ago. And mm -hmm. I started reaching out to different pages saying, hey, do you guys have representation for like, you know, Caribbean women, Caribbean Indian women, and no one really got back to me. And I, I was kind of like, I guess there isn't. So I should just start a platform. Mm -hmm. And I kind of based the platform around um, I started off the topic with bullying. So I sent off like about 15 questions. So like the different people who I know of, mostly friends of mine, you know, people in Grenada who I know are of Indian descent and some, you know, with straighter hair than others and some with a little bit of a mix and everyone who I could think of who I know has some Indian descent, whether last name or how they look. And I send them up these questions like, were you bullied in school? What happened when you, you told authority? Did they take your side or did they blame you? And just kind of to gauge, like, is this something that people experience in a smaller island or in the Caribbean? Mm. And I'm excited to get back all the responses to see what people have said, because um, I also actually reached out to someone that's in Trinidad. That's a really um, popular poet mm. in Trinidad. I'm really excited to see what she's going to say because Trinidad has so many Indians. Exactly. And it, it's, it's important yeah. that we say, for those who don't know, Trinidad, yeah. I think it's like 45% of the population is, is East Indian. Yeah. The other 45 is African. And then the remaining are sort of mixed groups. And Guyana yeah. has a majority Indian population and Suriname yeah. has a big Indian population. So these are countries where you have a lot of representation. So it'd be interesting to know if, if it was the opposite for them, because they're the majority, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I, I started small. And then I, I just reached out to a few people that I knew here. And then I, you know, stumbled upon this Trinidadian poet, and I was like, I'm really intrigued to see what she's going to say whenever she gets back to me. And these are things I would be posting like on that platform. So it's on Instagram, and the page is called West Bindies. Yeah. And I just used like, the player name for West Indies. And um, it's so funny because I found a page after I named the page and everything, I found a page called British Bindi. And yeah. we kind of connected and laughed about like the name was similar, you know. And they but had like nice. a similar, nice. yeah, it's nice. Yeah, and it's it was West. nice. And it's, yeah. it's like Indian girls who are in the West, West Indies, West yes. Indies. So I think it, it's very clever. I think it's, it was very cleverly yeah. thought. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is such a nuanced conversation because I think people, even myself, like I said to you, when you told me that you were bullied, I was shocked <laughs> because yeah. I was, I was just like, what, you know, cause growing up I had East Indian friends we all were together this thing about it, it it wasn't an it was not an issue so I was really really surprised and it really opened my eyes up to the fact that like you said there may be other minority or East Indian communities yeah. or people from East you know from yeah. India who this may be happening to and no one no one talks about it no one says anything and i think because yeah. in the caribbean we pride ourselves on being multiracial multi whatever you want to yeah. call it multi-ethnic exactly. diverse tolerant yeah. i was i i just maybe people just don't talk about that kind of stuff yeah 
I feel like that's it for sure because we do boast about, you know, being so diverse and accepting everyone and and sometimes even we don't accept another island. Like, you know, yeah. when they, they try <laughs> yeah. to bring like Caracom Islands together, everyone's flag is so prominent, yeah. you know, in their heads and their hearts that no, I am, you know, it's almost like they're saying I'm not West Indian, I'm Grenadian, or I'm not West Indian, I'm Trinidadian, you know, like they're very proud of the islands that they come from, as they should too proud, be. But and, too proud yeah. to, to a point where they yeah. can't work together, which is why Caracom. Yeah has gone nowhere (laughs) exactly Exactly. that's the whole problem so i mean even you know you touched on colorism as well um growing up a lot of people thought i was syrian because i'm a little lighter skin Mm -hmm. and a lot of lebanese and syrian people are my complexion whereas um indians especially in the caribbean are a little darker so if you look at um a lot of trinidadians and a lot of Guyanese. There are a couple shades darker than me. They do have fair ones, of course. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it's like more on the tan side. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, so people would always like, you know, yell out Syrian or, and that's the word they used a lot here back in the day, especially because we had a lot of Syrians here as well. Mm-hmm. And people, you know, they will come into to my um, dad's store and they will like mix me up with like, they'll think I'm the daughter of someone else who's, and it's always a Syrian person or like Mm -hmm. someone lighter skin. Um, So there's colorism as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like in Trinidad and other islands, they have a lot of that because there's so many Indians over there. And then you have, you know, much lighter and then much darker complexion. Oh yeah. You've got, you've got the Indo-Aryan Indian and you've got the Dravidian Indian. So from the darkest of the dark to the whitest of the white with like green eyes. You really have the yeah. whole gamut in, in Trinidad and Guyana and those places, yeah. Yeah. But and I, even me, like my um my grandfather, like my grandparents on both sides actually came from Pakistan mm-hmm. during the time of the um the partition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when Pakistan and India was being divided up into two countries because Pakistan was part of India before. Mm-hmm. But because of the partition, they had to come across. So right. we were all from a region known as Sindh. Yeah. Um, so my, um, I guess you could say community, um, we are Sindhi. So we are from, basically um, originated from Pakistan. And so like what is Persia. now Pakistan? What is now Pakistan? Yeah. What and, is the, now Pakistan, I guess, and the Pun- Punjab region, I guess, that was divided into yeah. two. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, that's, you know, another reason for like the lighter complexion because people are lighter the, the further north you go, of course. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like a mix of like Middle Eastern and Persian and, um, you know, Pakistan. Like it's, it's a, a healthy mix of mm. the lighter skinned Indians. Mm. So... Yeah, that's that's another reason for the the color and the mixed up all the time between like the Syrians and like the the features that we have as well are very similar to those of Middle Eastern people. And there's a heavy, very- there's a heavy Persian influence in Pakistan. I mean, Urdu has some yeah. uh, Persian Persian words. I mean, per- I guess Urdu is closer to Hindi, obviously, but it's got a lot of Persian yeah. like Farsi words in it. So. Yes, there's yes, a lot of influence there as well. But um, you know, I was yeah. going to say, I think because we are so used to talking about racism and and prejudice within a white context, it overshadows yeah. 
racism and discrimination within a people of color context you see sometimes yeah, i feel absolutely. like it's, it's, it's always sexier to talk about when the white people are discriminating against the non-white people and and that's yeah. because you know the the white world if you will whether it's north america or europe this is where you have all the immigrants and this is where there's so much discrimination and and these are quite powerful stories coming out of that part those parts of the world fine but I feel like it's not as sexy to discuss, you know, when, um, say, people of color are being discriminatory towards each other. And the other people of color, exactly, yeah. Yeah, when, when the racism is happening inside the house, we don't like to talk about it as much. Yeah. When it's happening yeah. outside the house, we're happy, you know, because then it's like yeah, everybody absolutely. unites and it's like we have this common enemy, quote unquote. But, you know, we don't yes. talk about the fact that there's a lot of, African and Asian um, kind of tension and that there's Asian, yeah. Asian tension and African black tension yeah. and all this other stuff. And I think that's why we don't hear these stories so much, but it happens all yeah. the time. It happens all the time. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, it's even something that I get on a daily basis. Um, even, you know, like being in the store sometimes and people would come in and they would be just naturally rude towards me for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what their reason is. Um, mm -hmm. There's so many people that are so sweet and so kind, but you know that one person will throw you off, yeah. even if you've had 10 nice people for the day. And I don't know what it is. And sometimes I'm like, you know what, maybe they had a bad day. or I try to like justify it. Yeah. But sometimes it's just absolutely nothing. And yeah. I remember my uh, cousin of mine from the US was visiting a couple weeks ago, and I was taking her through like the vendor's market and we said good morning to everyone as we passed through. And it was very obvious. It was like me, her, and her husband and their baby. And someone just, a guy just stopped us in our track and just cursed us and just kept walking. And I was like, okay, that was mm -hmm. uncalled for. Yeah. Which is yeah. like something that we get on the daily. And sometimes people here don't believe me when I tell them, like, I experience, you know, a level of racism, some level almost every day. Because mm -hmm. I'm in retail, so I see so many people during the course of the day. And there's always just that one person that would let you know that you're not welcome. And a lot of times, like throughout the course of, I guess, history, like as long as Indians have been here, you will always get that statement, like go back to your country. Always, always. I think, you know what, I will say this. I think that there are a lot of people in the African populations in the Caribbean, and I'm not going to say all, but there are a lot who have a resentment yeah. towards Indians. And I think this yeah. resentment, a lot of it has to do with colonialism, divide yes. and conquer strategies that were imposed by mm -hmm. Europeans, i.e. the British, um, yes. that, were, that put them against each other. I think that's the first yeah. part. I think the second part has to do with the fact that many of the Indians who came, they came to replace um, African labor after the, yeah. the abolition of slavery. And yeah. I think a lot of Africans felt like, okay, these Indians are here and they're indentured servants. They're getting paid for this work. But the fact of the matter is it was yeah. just indentured labor was a new form of slavery. It was essentially slavery. Yeah, absolutely. It was Indian slavery. Yeah. No, and, yeah. and I don't like to get into these conversations of Indian slavery was worse than this and this atrocity. I think an atrocity yeah. is an atrocity, okay? But I it's feel all like, bad. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like that's that's a second part of it and i think the third part of it is a lot of i mean we all know and i think it's fair to say this and this is not 
a stereotype. Indians generally are yeah. known for being quite business minded. Okay. And yeah. I think mm-hmm. because many of the Indians in the Car- Caribbean are business minded, not all, but many, and quite economically advanced, yeah. I think that puts another sort of layer on top. So I think those layer, three yeah. and I think those three things are the most salient in my mind. I'm sure there's loads of other things that highly qualified sociologists and historians could talk about that I couldn't expound on. Yeah. But I think those are just some of the basic things that I think some black people in the Caribbean or people of African descent or even mixed race people in the Caribbean and white people, just non Indian people in the Caribbean, have towards yeah. Indians. And yeah, I agree with all of those. Yeah, I think, and it's all of that wrapped up together that creates this kind of tension. And then on the other side, we know that there are some Asian Indian communities that have anti-blackness or whatnot. And absolutely, yeah, and they perpetuate that. So I think you've got these two groups who somehow, even though we have Douglas, which is when a black uh, African and an Indian mixes, I think you still have some level of tension or misunderstanding at times and it's not and it's not something that a lot of Caribbean people like to talk about because we again you know when in the Caribbean when you try to bring up the conversation of racism everybody's going to say we don't have racism in the Caribbean that's not us that's you have that in America that is an American thing (laughs) okay every Caribbean person they'll say we marry each other we get along no 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 no. we don't have that in the Caribbean yeah Yeah. we all want to talk about it we all know that's not true. <laughs> and as, I have to say like that, you know, what you brought up, like the, the three points of what you thought, you know, people see and when they, they discriminate. Um, another layer, as you said, is, you know, Indians being racist towards other people as well, mm-hmm. which I totally agree with because I feel like sometimes they're so um, used to what an Indian store, you know, quote unquote, should be. And I feel like a lot of people are very like people that I know in my own community that are rude towards locals, mm. you know, and, and they are, they show them that there's a difference between you and I. And so I feel like when they would come into the store um, by me, I would get, you know, a residual response from them of what they just experienced maybe in another store. So mm-hmm. sometimes I kind of have to write it off. Like, I, how can I show you that I am different? And mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, oh, you, you don't belong here. And, and, I was, and I have to tell them, like, we're, we were probably born in the same hospital. You know, I am just right, as right. Grenadian as you are. I just don't look Grenadian as, you know, what you would think a Grenadian should look like. But I am Grenadian. And when I go to other parts of the world and I see our flag, mm-hmm. I am proud. Mm-hmm. And when I go anywhere and if I hear our national anthem I am probably standing at attention and other people who are Grenadian are seated or not even paying attention like I am really you know proud to be from Grenada from the Caribbean and you know bullying aside and everything that I went through you know because of my appearance or whatever the case was Mm -hmm. I had a beautiful childhood growing up in Grenada like just before we started the podcast I was just sitting in my living room and you know someone was playing Whitney Houston down the street and it's so nice because it makes you think of like you know memories and how nice everything was growing up and how simple life was like we didn't you know we didn't have like we were comfortable we didn't have to struggle for anything like you know your neighbor will pass and like give you a mango and life was in the Caribbean is really yeah kind it's really nice to us yeah and 
despite our little despite our little tiffs that we have from time to yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. We're generally quite uh, but, civilized people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, and I don't think I would have wanted to grow up anywhere other than Grenada. In all yeah. honesty, I just, you know, these things will probably happen in any country. Yeah. And, you know, the racism, you know, exists everywhere. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I, I'm really proud to, like, be Grenadian and, you know, still showcase my culture at the same time. Because a lot of people would always message me and say, oh, my God, I love Bollywood movies and I love your culture and I, I love the jewelry. And when you go to India, I want to come with you. And <laughs> people yeah. are very, you know, open and receptive to my culture and then you'll get the few that are like totally against it so you know I, I i feel like yeah it's, i was gonna Go say sorry to cut you off i was gonna say it's it's interesting that you still feel grenadian and you feel 100 grenadian despite because you could have just yeah, said absolutely. you know what i am going to embrace everything indian and forget grenada you yeah. could have been that person yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> And, and just yeah. kind of say, well, and then you go to India and you face a whole other set of issues and discrimination over yeah. there too, exactly. because you're not from India. So yeah. I think wherever you go, there would be something, there would be something. Something there. or the other. Yeah. yeah. Which is like uh, when, you know, my experience in Canada, I had a really good experience in Canada. Like people say, you know, racism in North America and that type of thing, but people were very receptive to me as um, you know, an Indian person as a West Indian person, like they always just said my friends in my classes always found it funny that I looked like this and my accent, like yeah, they didn't go together. And yeah. even my cousins say, you have like the most amazing accent. Like we love your accent. We mm -hmm. wish we had your accent. And I'm like, I wish I had your accent. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. but my cousins are like spread all across the world. I have cousins in Hong Kong and the US and in India and in um, Vienna now in London so they have very interesting accents as well but people like in Canada were very open and very loving even though they didn't know where Grenada was um, <laughs> I'm surprised you know, and because Canada's got a massive West Indian population yeah but I feel like I was I was in like downtown Toronto which is like not that many Indians are in that area. You more get Indians, well, in Ontario, in like Brampton. In Brampton, and, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a so huge Sikh population. There's a huge Sikh population yes. in Canada. Yeah. Yes, mm. for sure. So, um, yeah, like racism could be anywhere, but people are always really shocked when I tell them about my experiences in Grenada. Yeah, um, I, I, I admit I was shocked. I was shocked. I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked. But I yeah. am glad that I know and because I'm better for knowing and I'm glad that you're sharing your story because more people need to know. And I think that, like we said earlier, there are other people who may have gone through those experiences as well, but they haven't yes. shared because, you know, generally it's sort of like, okay, you just endure, you get on with it. You don't talk about these yeah. things. Life goes on. But you internalize all of this stuff. And it's so yeah, unhealthy. Exactly. That's where the problem is. That's like, you know, for many years, I did not think much of myself because of how I was treated when I was younger. Mm. And that should not be the case. You know, like bullying is a serious thing. 
Mm-hmm. And being told that you're ugly and you don't belong and you don't fit in at, you know, specific ages growing up, it can really affect your adulthood. Yeah. And like, you know, it's a huge step that you need to cross over and you need to understand, okay, this is why this happened. This is how people are. I need to get over this. I need to move on with my life. But everyone doesn't have that in them. <clears throat> you know, some people just hold animosity forever. And so some people I are feel like emotionally stronger sharing. than others. Yeah. 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 Mm. You know, I feel like if everyone shares their story and then I share their story on the platform, more people will be, you know, aware of the, the problem and probably teach their kids to be more tolerant. Because mm. kids are very honest, like brutally honest. And they mm. would, you know, you have a big nose. I used to get teased for that a lot. And so I always hated my nose I'm like older now so I'm accepting everything that I am but mm-hmm. and for years I waited for the day that I would be old enough to get like rhinoplasty <laughs> because oh God. well I'm glad you didn't yeah. oh thank God yeah I mean even if you did even if you did it's okay it's your choice but I'm always happy yeah. when I hear about a woman who's just accepted herself as she is you know I mean I yeah. know there are a lot of people who genuinely feel like if I don't get this breast job or uh, this breast enhancement or if I don't get this nose job or whatever I won't be happy and I you know I'm like do whatever you need to do to make yourself happy but I think happy, if yeah. you can really accept yourself as you are that's so powerful if you can get to that yeah. point in your life you know where you just say hey this is me you know yeah, yeah. I feel like it comes with age as well sometimes and sometimes you have to force it on yourself yeah um, because yeah. You know, when, I, when I look at myself now and I see my nose I think of my grandma and my dad because they have the, that's where I got it from and I used to hate it before and I'm like no I'm proud of it now because sure, sure that reminds me of and also like you can tell like what community I'm from because of how I look and because of that nose now if I straighten it out I'd be totally lost like I might be control <laughs> you know yeah so yeah we just have to to learn to accept at some point and it's so important to share the story that's so Absolutely. important because then every everyone is aware and people can do better when they know better yeah because i think it's very easy to be in your own little world and i mean even across the caribbean itself our stories are different i mean for me growing up in the caribbean like i said i had indian friends i had arab friends i had all kinds of friends and we never had these issues we had other kinds of issues don't get me wrong <laughs> but we never had these yeah. issues and one can assume oh well that's just how it is throughout but then you realize no it's not you know there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of different stories you know there's 20 different stories coming out of one little community in one little island so it's, yeah. it's always important to remember that one story doesn't represent the whole picture. Everyone. Yeah, but, absolutely. But how would you say those experiences have shaped you as an entrepreneur and as a businesswoman? Because I think many of the most successful business people, entrepreneurs that I have, because I'm obsessed with like YouTube and podcasts, I'm always studying successful people. You know, I'm just always, even yeah. before we got on this call, I was listening to, um, Lewis Howes, which is one of my favorite entrepreneurs. And I feel like yeah. when you listen to their stories, a lot of them will tell you they've had a hard time. They were bullied, they yeah. were raped, they were molested, yeah. they were. Yeah, absolutely. These people have had to overcome massive challenges to get to where yeah. they are. So it's almost like you have to go through that pain and go through that journey of self discovery yeah. to, really, to really um, get to, to that point of, 
of, of freedom or success or whatever you want to call it. So how would you say that your experience of being bullied for being different has shaped you as a business person? I really think that it was important that I went through all of that. Mm. Um, because now, you know, I can, I'm, I'm so sensitive towards what people think and what they feel and, you know, how they see things because I went through all those things. Mm. And it, it's really good for me as well, because now I can give a voice to people who went through the same thing as I did. And they can finally let it out and see that, okay, this happened to someone else and it's okay. And I can move past and like, you know, into freedom, basically, like into accepting who you are and, and not letting those experiences like hold you hostage. Um, mm. With regards to how it's shaped me as a business person, it just makes you think about people's feelings. And, mm. you know, mm. when, you, when you know more about people, you can serve them better. And so when you've gone through all these things and you know how it feels to be ostracized or, or bullied or whatever the case is, and you're more sensitive, you, you can serve people in a way that someone who didn't go through that um, better, I would mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like adversity is always something that ends up being positive at the end of the day. Um, oh, once you've accepted that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've always had a, a life filled with, with you know with roses and everything was perfect and sunshiny then you you've never had to fight for anything you've never had to struggle you've never had to overcome anything and it it you don't get shaped you don't grow so yeah it's like you said you have to go through these things to get to the other side and for some people it gives them a sense of purpose and a sense of mission and drive and um and that's a that's a beautiful thing, you know, when you meet someone and you hear that they've come across on the other side because you could have you could have fallen into deep depression. You could you could suffer yeah. from anxiety. You you know, there yeah. are kids nowadays who get bullied and they commit suicide. There's so yeah. much that could have gone wrong with exactly. you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But and now I- kids have it because now they have online bullying as well, which we didn't oh, have. God. We just face to face. Yeah. And then when you went home, it was over, right? So it's like yeah. just a couple of hours you have to endure for the day. And when you go home, it, that's it. But now, like, you know, the bullies are in your pockets on your phones, like sending you messages and commenting on your Instagram and like saying mean things. And like, so you're just walking around everywhere you go. Your bully is with you. Absolutely. And it's so much Absolutely. harder for them. And probably because they're exposed to it so much more throughout the day those that's why those unfortunate things happen and you know many a couple years ago there were a few kids that committed suicide because of online bullying so oh yeah it happens all the time and social media is a powerful force and there are a lot of people being there are a lot of people being bullied on social media some of the people we follow who've got 500,000 followers and a million followers their dms sometimes 100 dms a day with nasty messages you know for women sexual messages it's sexual harassment it's it's there's a lot of filth in social media you know as powerful as it is as a tool there's also a lot of things that aren't so good about social media and you know i don't blame people who who decide you know i don't want to have anything to do with this this social media but i feel like you i don't know 
it's just one of those things because there's some people who are who put themselves out there and they don't get bullied at all and then there's some people who do i think you just if you're on social media and you you want to be an influencer i think you really you have to have a strong sense of self and a strong sense of your values yeah. and you have yeah. to really know your voice and what your plans are and what you want to do because when the deluge comes and it starts hitting you if you don't have that strong sense you're going to crumble you will crumble absolutely yeah. yeah, definitely. And sometimes you, you, you can see the comments yourself, things that people say to other people about their appearance. And, you know, just in this day and age, like those things still matter. It just baffles me. I, I could understand, you know, maybe like many years ago when everyone wasn't so exposed to like all these different like cultures and races and different, you know, looking people. Mm. And now it's everywhere. And still you will get those comments and those, I, that always baffles me when I see people like commenting mean things on like influencer pages and yeah. You know what though? I You know what I've realized? There's a lot of bruised people out there. There's a lot of hurt people out there. Yeah. And I think yeah. hurt people hurt other people. You know, I think if you, yes, if your desire is to constantly just throw negativity at other people, you've got a problem. And all I can say is, yeah. you know, I wish people find happiness. That's all we can say because You've yeah. got to be in a very bad place in your life to live that way, to constantly have negative things to say, to always want to bring somebody down. There's a lot going on with you. Yeah. And I think if you shift it and you start seeing it that way, you take back your power and you realize, wow, mm, you've got a problem. This has nothing to do with me. And I'm just going to leave yeah. you and move along with my life. Exactly. But obviously, when it, if exactly. it's coming at you every day, every day, all the time, you know, there's always block. You can always block. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is a, a lot of people have to do that. They have to block the messages and mm -hmm. just move on. And yeah. like you say, they have a, a strong sense of self. You have to. You have to know who you are. Oh, yeah, definitely. Before you I, start putting yourself out there. Yeah, if you, you know, just yesterday I was speaking to a young woman um, from French Guiana and she's, she's um, in the early stages of, of developing her business. And she asked me, she said, what is the one advice that you would give to somebody like me. And I said, you know, I don't like to give advice. <laughs> and she said, no, but seriously, yeah. what would you say? And I said, you know something, be like a tree. You know, every tree has got roots. It's got a strong foundation. And I think before you get into business, you have to have a very strong foundation. You have to know who you are. You have to know your values. You have to know why you're doing what you're doing and what you're about. Because when you get out there, there's going to be a lot of stuff thrown at you. And if you yeah. don't have that foundation, you're just going to blow everywhere and everything's going to upset you and you're constantly going to be comparing yourself to other people. And, and you'll be a failure. And you, yeah, and it's, you know, you have to have that strong sense of, of this mission that you're on and have your values so that when things are thrown at you, you don't even get bothered by it because it's like, I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm here. And if you don't have yeah, that, exactly. you know, you're always yeah. going to be looking at that other person and going, why do they have that and I don't? Or why is she doing that? It's like, you know, everybody's got their time. And yes, as long as you do your thing and you're focused on why you're doing it, wish other people well, but don't, don't get caught up in that. And that comes from a strong sense of, of who you are. And I think it takes yeah. time to cultivate that. And she just kind of went, Hmm. And I said, it's true. And I said, it's not just business, it's life because you're going to get out there and people are going to say things and they're going to do things and you have to be strong in, in you. And, 
yeah, and, and that's really, really, really important. I think that's one of the most important things I've learned in life. Like, if you don't have and, that and foundation. I, yeah, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. And I have seen my dad and my husband as well do business the same way. Yeah. Like, you know, they know who they are. They know what, what their clients want. Um, they know how to serve them. And they don't look around at what everyone else is doing. They mm. just do what they have to do my dad always says to me yeah my dad always says you just have to go and do what you have to do and that's it that's enough for you for the day like you don't need to look around you don't need to see what you know and so many people would come into the store and they would be like you know I I just really like the experience I get when I'm in the store when I shop in the store and you guys are so nice and you know people constantly you know applaud the way that he does business because you know, even when he's walking on the street, he just, he's just minding his own business. And yeah. that's all you really have to do. Like, that's where that, that phrase comes from. Like, mind your own business. That's oh. literally what he's doing every day. Yeah. I like to Which call is it, why, like, I like to call it, stay in your own lane. Stay in your own lane. Exactly. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think that was the best piece of advice I got in 2017. Yeah. Um, because I have a, a mentor and, you know, she was talking to me and she said, you know, like, don't think about all these things that are happening around you all the time. Just stay literally. That's what she said to me. Just stay in your lane, figure out what your lane is, first of all, and just do that. And you're not going to be, you'll be so busy doing what you are supposed to do, you know, getting to your point where you need to be in life that you're not even going to be bothered about who's doing what. And when you see them succeeding, you'll just say, oh, that's nice. And it's not going to affect you negatively. You'll genuinely be happy for the other person because you're so focused on doing what you need to do. Exactly. And I think the moment you feel disconnected and you don't have that drive, that's when it's time to move on. It's time to, it's time to put up the hat (laughs) and say, you know what? I gave it my best, but it's not. And that's okay. too. Definitely. Yeah, that's how I felt about makeup artistry as well. And everyone said, no, Devi, you need to keep doing it. Like, we need you to, you know, we like your work. And, and I was like, I really, like, I'm not doing you any favors by working at this and not having passion for it. Yeah. Um, it's actually not going to come out the way it should. It's actually not, I'm not putting my heart behind it. I just feel like, you know, when you, you're, you've picked a path in life where you have a career in mind or whatever the case is, you always have to think about growth. And when you're at the same place over and over again, all the time, at some point you have to say, maybe this is not for me. Yeah. Yes. You have the talent to do it and that's fine. And you could always like translate that talent into something else. So Mm. for me, I feel like I'm not doing makeup on people's faces anymore. But I am constantly looking at YouTube videos, reading blogs, like I'm obsessed with beauty and not fashion, but beauty and like skincare. And so I'm constantly researching and looking up things and, you know, whether I'm doing anything with the information or not, it's still a passion of mine. And, you know, blogging like on the side, that's how I'm turning my passion for beauty into something um, that I love. Yeah, you know, blogging about beauty or like every now and again, I'll do an Instagram live and I'll tell people, you know, log on and ask me questions and I'll answer their questions and help with skincare, whatever the case is. But I feel like when you're in a career and, you know, you don't feel passionate about it anymore, 
How can you translate your talent or your love for that thing into something that will make you feel fulfilled? Exactly. So it, you can still be like, you can still love makeup, but what else can you do with makeup? Are you going to like be an advisor? Are you going to be a consultant? Do you want to work with a company? Do you want to be an influencer? Like you still have to, that is still your path because you still feel passionate about it, but you're probably at need to be at a different level. And so, you know, I, I think I have a blog post up about that, about losing passions on my page where I was just feeling really down and kicking myself out. Like, why don't I like doing this anymore? And people around you, again, that like, you know, the chatter around you will, will confuse you because they'll say, no, you know, you shouldn't let it go. You should keep doing it because you have the talent and whatnot. And you just have to listen to yourself. You really have to like reach All the answers down. are within, right? Always, always, always. You know, it, you know, one of the turning points in my life was when I realized I didn't need anybody's opinions and anybody's advice, because yeah. for a long time, I would always be like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? You know, that kind of insecurity. Yeah. And it just kind of hit me one yes. day. If you just kind of sit down by yourself and be still and allow the silence to take over everything you need to know yeah. is inside of you. And that's why I don't like giving advice because I feel anything I say will come from my perspective and my experience. And I think it's yeah. good to share these things, but at the end of the day, you know what's right for you and you yeah, know the answers do. and you have to figure that out and it's all in there, but you have to kind of stop being scared of yourself because I think so many of us yeah. are scared of listening to ourselves, you know? Yeah. We're yeah. not, we're not yeah. taught to do that. It's, they don't teach it to us in schools. You know, we learn math, we learn English, we learn physics. We exactly. don't learn about ourselves, you know? So yeah. when, you, when all these things start coming out, you think, oh, am I crazy? But no, it's just, it's just your intuition. It's just that inner thing talking yeah. to you and telling you that every, what you need to know. And um, that's yeah. very important in business as well. Intuition. Yeah. And sometimes your intuition is telling you, like dreaming dreams bigger than you could ever dream yourself. And it's fair because mm. you, you know, something comes to you an idea comes to you and you tell yourself, I don't think I could do that. Like, you know, this is, and you, you, you shove it off to the side. You say, okay, no, my, this is not my intuition. This is probably just my ego talking or you, you blame it on something else. And then you, you let the fear step in and don't allow yourself to be as big as you should be. Mm -hmm. because you know the things mm -hmm. are coming to you that you should be doing and then you're pushing it off to the side because you don't you don't want to fail you don't want to know you know if you don't do well what are people going to say like all those little things will come into your head at that point yeah. and just like you know push that off to the side and sometimes you just have to take the leap like you said you know if you sit down quietly it, it will always come to you yeah it does. And it does. Yeah. Even yeah. if not, you know, I'm big on like meditation and praying and journaling and yeah, just same. sitting there and just allowing things to just come to me. And it's amazing how you can just kill yourself trying to understand something and then you just let it go for a while and two, three days later it just hits you and you're like, Yep, that's the answer I've been waiting for, you know? <laughs> you just so, it's so <laughs> funny that you said that because I was struggling with something just last week. And anytime I'm, I get into that space, I always like withdraw and I don't want to speak to anyone. I don't want to, you know, and I get really cranky. And I was just looking at like a slew of Oprah videos because she always says something that will catch you or she always hosts someone that will say something mm. that has the answer to your question. Mm -hmm. And she was talking about her experience when um, 
you know, she wanted to be on the color purple. And I don't yeah, know if you've ever that. seen her yeah, talk about I, that. Yet. Yeah, yeah, and I did. <laughs> it was funny. She was so obsessed with that movie. Um, and she, you know, she said she was at a fat farm and she was trying to lose some weight. weight. And, yeah, and I think yeah, after they told she her she got the part, she went to McDonald's or something, right? Yeah, she went to Dairy Queen. <laughs> but, before, but before she actually got the phone call, she said, you know, she was running around the fat farm and she just said, no, like, this is eating me alive. I need to let this go. And she sang that song, I Surrender All to Herself. And the minute I heard that and I let whatever was eating me alive go, Mm -hmm. three days later, whatever I was worrying about and wondering about just became so clear to me. And this was literally like two days ago. Wow. So it's so funny that you said that because you just, sometimes you just have to let it go because it turns into obsession and you're self-harming. And my mentor said the same thing to me. She's like, at some point, when you're trying to come up with an answer for questions that you have, that things that are nagging you and you, you're starting to self-harm, you're, you're really, really hurting yourself in a bad way because we yeah. speak so poorly to ourselves about ourselves. Yeah. You know, like some of the, the worst things you'll ever hear about yourself is something that you say to yourself. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And you know, as soon as you let it go, it will literally come to you in, in a day, two days. It doesn't take long at all. You just have to let it go. And sometimes and, it yeah, comes in these little, these little signs and you go, oh, wait, that's what yeah. I've been waiting for, you know. But you've got to yes. pay attention. Yeah. You've got to pay attention to, yeah. to your surroundings. Yeah. And you've got to really be clued yeah. up to, to things. Because you can just, if you're completely disconnected, you can just go throughout your life every day not seeing the signs or or not believing yeah. that there's such a thing as a sign you know that something's yeah. something because you're out so there. focused on the obsession yeah that you can't see clearly but the minute you let go you just feel like that burden just lifts off your shoulders and that's it and it just comes to you in in so many different ways and not just one sign like several signs and you say oh this is this is the right thing for me this is what i wanted mm. you know and everything so clear to me but it's only after you let it go especially if you're at that stage where you're harming yourself Mm. the way that you're speaking to yourself and like coming down on yourself just like you have to let it go at that point absolutely so what parting words do you have for our community you know our community of lovely birds they are all early stage women entrepreneurs women with ideas women who are blossoming but all new to business and you have said so much um so much (laughs) that i'm sure that they're going to listen to and go yes 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 nodding their heads but um (laughs) what what parting words do you words do you have to share with the listeners about your experience and how that can help them build their their businesses or pursue their dreams in in on in the entrepreneurial space yeah i just really feel and i i think i always say this that you really have to be true to yourself and own who you are that that is the only way you will ever succeed at anything at all and mm. you know i have to say that because like so many years of bullying and you know whatever I went through with the way that I look or the racism or whatever the case is the minute I accepted who I was Mm -hmm. and and be proud of who I am that's when I'm able to accomplish things 
And mm-hmm. I was telling you earlier as well, like I've always been obsessed with like makeup and skincare because because of these people that would always tell me that, oh, your your hair is too oily or you're, you have a unibrow or you have a mustache. And so from very early on, I always, you know, tried to fix myself mm. and, you know, try to like trim my eyebrows myself or trim my mustache myself or whatever the case was. Like I've been doing, you know, my manis and pedis for myself for so many years. And it's not until like I sit down and think about it now, like, wow, that's what my bullies actually gave me. They gave me my you know, competence in that area of beauty um, mm-hmm. because they were down on me so much. And when I accept it like that, it's actually a beautiful thing. I probably would not have cared about my appearance if they didn't keep taunting me about it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. only when you, you accept who you are, like, you know, when you have full brows now and people love like the way that Indian women look now, it's, it's a thing, you know, it's a trend yeah. apparently. It's, and, it's exotic. You know, <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was considered ugly. So it's really until like you own who you are and accept who you are. Th- that is like the answer for everything, not just business, just like the path to happiness, the path to enlightenment. Like that's the, the what I always want to say. Like just be true to who you are. Even if you haven't figured out who you are yet, be true to who you are now because mm. you're going to grow and you're going to mm. change. Mm. And you can't be true to Mm -hmm. who you're going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't know who you're going to be in 10 years. So just like take it in the moment now. Mm -hmm. And that's such a powerful word now. We don't, we never live in the now, do we? We're always thinking about the past and we're always thinking about the future and like stressful and worried. And if you just take this moment now and take yourself as you are in this moment now, you know, that's how paths open up for you. So that's what I would like to say to everyone. And those are wonderful words to end with. And you know what I just thought of? I think that you were led to beauty and makeup as a, maybe as a form of escape and as a form of healing for yeah. your, yes. your, um, for, you know, the treatment that you had. And now you're at that place in your life where it's like, cause you said you've lost the passion for it, but I think it's more because you've come to terms and you're at peace and you've let that go. So it's almost like you don't need that anymore. You know what I mean? I've never thought of it that way. That's a wonderful way to think about it. Like yeah. I don't, I've accepted myself to the point where I don't feel like I need it anymore. Yeah, That's because, wonderful. Because it had a place. Thank you. It had a place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it just came to my mind. You're welcome. <laughs> it had a place in your, in your life. But then you almost, you released it because you don't need it anymore because you've completely accepted yourself. Yeah. You've let all of that go. You probably, you've forgiven all of those people. So it's kind of like, you know what? I don't yeah. need this anymore. It's just something I like. And I'm friends with all these people. It's so funny. Like I'm friends yeah. with them now. <laughs> and you know, we're all no, stupid they were just when we're young. We're all stupid. Yeah, everyone, yeah. Yeah. So it's fine. And like, I talk about it and they remember and like, you know, I'm in touch with all these people and it's fine. <laughs> And a lot I, of times we're only repeating yeah. what we hear adults say, you know, when we're that yes, young. Of course, so, of course. Yeah. 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 So, so that's perfect. Thank you so much for your last words, because that I never thought of it that way. That's, that's yeah, a just, wonderful way to look at it. Yeah. I just, I just, it just kind of hit me like, Hmm, maybe, you know, because it, yeah. it, it, it did. So that actually puts a lot into perspective. Yeah, yeah, that just put it into perspective for me. And that's like, it's so funny because I just, you know, went through this whole thing last week where I told you, like, as soon as I said, 
you know, I surrender all of it. And the, the answers came to me. And look, you just said one more thing that's like answering a question for me that, you know, I, I probably never knew I had that question. Like, why did I lose this passion? Because it's always bothered me. Like, why don't I love doing this anymore? Because it had a purpose in but, your life and now it's no longer needed. Yeah. So you can move on yeah. and you can do other yeah. things. And that's cool. Yeah. Everything has a time yeah. and a purpose in our lives. You know, nothing is meant yeah. to be, I guess, forever, as they say. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so, so much. It was a real pleasure to speak with you and for sharing your story. You know, our tagline is connectivity through stories. So I really hope that someone out there listened and, and was able to connect with you. So tell us, if someone wants to reach out to you, how can they get in contact with you? What's your, your website or your email? Are you looking to collaborate with anyone on your new venture, West Bindies, or yes, anything like that? Absolutely. I would, I would love to collaborate. And I usually like reach out to people on DM. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking for me anywhere and you just type in my name, Divya Amarnani Noel, all my socials will pop up because I think I'm the only person that has that name yes. with Noel at the end. <laughs> yeah, probably. So even if you mistype it, even if you misspell my last name or whatever the case is, it will still pop up because that, that would be the only like thing that would be close to that. Yeah. So all my socials would be, I think my website pops up first. And if you go to my website, all my socials are at the top with, okay. within all the icons. So super easy to reach Facebook. I mean, once you put in Amarnani, I think I do the most things with that last name <laughs> on the internet. So it probably would, my stuff would probably pop up first. Yeah, so super yeah. easy to reach as well. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. So that's where people can find you. Just Google. Yes. And because like you said, it's quite unique. It's unique how you put the, the two names together, Amarnani and uh, yeah and Noel. So, and Amar Narni yeah. is Indian. It's not Italian. It's not, it's not Armenian. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not Persian. And it's not Armani, Armani a lot. <laughs> oh, it's funny. Yeah. So that's yeah. really, that's really cool. All right. So thank you so much. And I hope to have you, you on the, on the podcast again, and we can talk a bit I would about, West, yeah. about West Bindies and how, and how that's yes. moving along. And it was a real pleasure to have yeah. you. And until next time, okay. bye for now. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.